Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Okay, Erev Tov, we are uh, continuing in Masechet Ketubot, second chapter, Mishnah Yud, last Mishnah of the, of the Perek. Mishnah says, Now, um, normally, when in order to be accepted as a witness, you, um, you have to have seen the event that you are testifying about. Um, so, uh, the, uh, an adult cannot testify with regards to something he saw when he was a, a, a child. So, there are some exceptions to this law, and that's what the Mishnah lists. These are the cases where a person is able to testify when he's an adult for what he saw in his youth. Neeman Adam Lomar, a person is believed to say, Zektav Yadoshel Abba. I remember when I was a, a child that this, uh, this handwriting is out of my father's. Vezektav Yadoshel Rabbi, or this is the handwriting of my rabbi. Vezektav Yadoshel Achi, or this is the handwriting of my brother. Um, even though he didn't see any of these handwritings since he was a child, but in these situations, the, the testimony is adequate according to the Chachamim. He's also believed to say the following. I remember from my childhood on, on a, cer- on a so- certain wedding day that this lady went out of her father's house walking to her, the, her husband's house with a veil and her hair untied. And if she was wearing a veil and her hair untied, we spoke about this in the previous class, that meant that she was a status of a betula, of a virgin. And, he, and, the, and the person is believed to say this as an adult, as an adult even though he saw it as a kid. Also, A person is believed to say, when he's an adult, I saw so-and-so when I was a child. He would leave school and he would go into the mikveh. And uh, in order for him to eat terumah, you have to be in a state of, of, uh, of tahor, of, uh, of, pure, of purity in order to eat terumah. Also, he would share the terumah, if he was to say he would share the terumah with us, or with a, a, a relative kohanim, he's believed to say this, um, and that person is allowed to eat terumah. A person is also believed to say, uh, as an adult, that he remembers as a childhood that this place is a beta pras. A beta pras is an area of land that a grave was plowed over. And the Chachamim were concerned that because it was plowed over, maybe they would have crushed some of the bones. So anyone that goes within 100 amot of a beta pras is considered tameh. So if uh, an adult says, I remember as a child that this field was a beta pras, he is, uh, the, te- the testimony is acceptable. And lastly, a person can say, I remember as a child that it was up to this area. This is the border, the Tchum Shabbat. This is how far we were allowed to walk um, 2,000 Amot uh, past the town. It was right here. And uh, he's believed to say this, and they would set up the border. Abad. En Adam Neeman Lomar. A person cannot or is not believed to say the following when he's an adult about what he saw as a child. Derech Ploni So and so had a pathway through this person's land. So a guy had a field 
And uh, now the guy's saying, yeah, Reuven had a special pathway that cut through Simon's field. He cannot say, uh, he could say that, but he's just not believed. Or, This was a certain spot in Simon's land where people would stop to eulogize the dead and, um, uh, and give a proper comfort. Okay, these things, these statements involve um, transfer of ownership. By, by saying that this area, or the, the, this field had a special pathway, you're taking away some of the land of the guy who owns the field. In that situation, a guy is not allowed to say this when he was an adult, claiming that he remembered it as a child. Okay, good. Mishnah Aleph Peregima, new Pereg. So, <clears throat> the Torah tells us that if a man violated a unmarried Na'ara, a virgin Na'ara, then he has to pay a fine of chamishim shekel. He has to pay a fine of 50 silver shekelim. That's what the Torah says. Now, um, we're going we're gonna to list a whole bunch of cases in this Mishnah that you might think that the person would be exempt from paying that fine. But the Mishnah is here to tell you it's not true. A person is still uh, uh, obligated to pay the fine. Elu ne'arot sheyesh lahen kras. These are the, the ne'arot, the girls, that have a right to the fine if they were violated. If someone cohabited with a mamzeret or a netina or a, or a kutit, again, the, the netina was, uh, we spoke about this, this was from the, uh, uh, um, the, from the Givonim, time of Yoshua, they were accepted wrongly. And then you have the, the, the kutim, which were people that settled in Eretz Israel towards the end of the first Beit HaMikdash. Okay, they converted to Judaism because they were uh, they were afraid they were going to be killed. Okay, nevertheless, a person that um, uh, violates one of these girls, a mamzer netina or a kutit, okay, you might think that okay, they're really not part of the Jewish people, right? They're not, you know, they converted strangely, and maybe I don't have to pay the fine if I violate this uh, this girl. No, you have to pay the fine. Yes, lahem knas as well. Uh, even though you're not allowed to marry these people, but you still have to pay the fine. You're not allowed to marry a mamzeret. Only a mamzeret can marry a mamzeret. Habala giyoret ve'ala shivuya ve'ala shivcha. If shenivduv shenikayruv shenishtachiru pechutod mi benot shalosh anim yom echad. If someone lived with a nara who's a convert or was a ransomed captive or a free Kanani maidservant who was ransomed, converted, or freed under the age of three, he has to pay the fine despite her background because she's still considered to be a Betula virgin. If someone lived um, with a Na'ara who is either his sister, his father's sister, his mother's sister, his wife's sister, his brother's ex-wife, or his father's brother's ex-wife, or Anida. In all these cases, yes, lahen knas, he has to pay the fine. Because although they're forbidden to him under the midav karet, they are not forbidden to him under the execution of betin, right? If, uh, they, um, if, the, if the girl that he lives with is punishable by execution of the betin, in that case, the, 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 the rule is if you're already going to be chayav mita, you don't have to pay a monetary fine because you're going to die anyways. That's generally the rule. But these are, these girls are chayav, by living with them, you're chayav karet, you're not chayav mitat bedin. So chayav karet, you still have to pay the fine of chamishim, uh, chamishim shekel. Um, 
Let's do, let's do one more Mishnah. These following girls do not have the right to the fine. If one lived with a Nara who's a convert, a captive, a freed maidservant who had been ransomed, converted, or freed, if they're over three years in one day, in that situation, he does not pay the fine. Why? Because it's assumed that this person, that these girls are not virgins, they're not betulot. Rabbi Uda Omer, Rabbi Uda says, a captured woman who was ransomed is presumed to have remained in her state of tehora, okay, meaning she was not violated by the people that kidnapped her, okay, and therefore we can assume she's still a virgin and you would have to pay the fine. Haba al bito, someone who cohabited with his, a nara who's his daughter. Albat bito, or his daughter's daughter. Albat beno, or his son's daughter. Albat ishto, the wife's daughter. Albat benam, or the, his wife's son's daughter. Or albat bita, or his wife's daughter's daughter. En lahem knas, in these situations, you do not give a knas to the girl. Because a person that lives with these girls, are um, uh, he's subject to uh, execution from the bedin. The rule is, like we said, anyone who is liable with his life does not pay money. As the Pasuk says, with regards to if men are fighting and they collide with a pregnant woman and she miscarries, the Pasuk says, in Parashat Mishpatim. The Pasuk says that there is no fight of uh, fatality, meaning neither of the men were killed. He shall surely be punished. Meaning the man that caused the miscarriage has to pay the value of the fetus only because there was no fatality among the men. But if there was a fatality, if someone did die, okay, meaning one of the men killed another guy and, the, and then the fetus was uh, also uh, killed, then he does not pay the value of the fetus because he's already chayav mita for killing another person. And therefore, and that's the general rule. If you were, uh, if you're chayav mita for the action that you did, there is no monetary fine involved with it.